Welcome to Fast Break, presented by M3 Elevate. I'm Matt Cranny. I'm happy to be here, and I'm glad you could join us. In this episode, and in every episode, we talk offensive and defensive business strategies with some of the most successful and insightful small business leaders. So if you're looking for great conversation and new ways to grow and protect your company, you're in the right place. I'm so excited to share today's episode with you all, which is part two of our conversation with Joe Hamilton, CEO of Vortex Optics. Part one of our conversation was packed full of practical and tangible insights, and part two is no different. So please enjoy the remainder of my conversation with Joe. There's no such thing as a small business. Every business is monumental for the people who lead and depend on it. At M3 Elevate, we have hundreds of policies, but only one mindset. Fuel your growth. So as we've learned from you, one of the key principles of Vortex is to help the client always be the hero of the story, which in turn is going to help fuel your growth, right? So can you tell us about, a little bit more about how you leverage your focus on people, products, and promises to do that? About 15, 20 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, I was kind of a new manager and I was getting ready to have a difficult conversation with somebody. And I really had to give them some difficult feedback, but I wanted that person to know that I really cared about them. And so I went to go talk to my dad to get some advice. You know, dad, I got to talk to this person. I got to give them some tough advice. But actually, at the same time, I want to know, I want them to know that I really care about them. What advice do you have? And he said, yeah, you know, absolutely. I can help with that. And he said, when's the meeting? And it was like in two days. And he's like, all right, I think I'd push that meeting out to the following week. I said, okay, you know, got my pen and paper ready. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you, when you're driving to and from work, to just think about that person all the time. And when you're in between meetings, I want you to think about that person. And when you're, you know, at home, you know, you have spare time, I want you to think about that person. I want you to think who they are, um, what's going on in their life. Uh, do they have a family? Um, what, what do they like? What do they dislike? He's like, I just want you to think about them all the time. And he's like, and I want you to get to a point where you just really understand who they are and where they're coming from. And uh, and you really actually care about them. And then I want you to go to have the meeting. And he said, and, and then when you go have that meeting, you don't need to worry about what to say, how to sit, what to wear, how to shake their hand, none of that stuff. He goes, because right. then it'll just come through. It'll just right. come through that you really care about. Them. And that was one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten. And the reason I bring it up is because a lot of times when people talk about making customers really excited or making them the hero, um, what they're looking for is what I was looking for when I went into his office. I was looking for a bunch of tactics, a bunch of mm -hmm. tactics that I could use that would cue that person to think, wow, Joe really cares about me. But what I really needed to get to was a deep level of caring for the other, for that other person. Right. And then... Sure, a tactic here or there can be fine, but then it's just going to come through very authentically. So here's the thing. Customers can sniff out if you think they're the hero or not. They can right. sniff out if you care or not. So what you really got to do if you want the customer to be the hero, you really got to find out, do I really actually care about the customer? And I, do I really want them to be the hero? Powerful stuff, Joe. I, I think the, it reminds me of uh, a communication 
uh, podcast I was listening to, and they talked about uh, unless you are, as a communicator, more burdened for your audience than you are uh, think, thinking about how good a job you can do, right. you will never relate and engage with your right. audience the way that you want to. And I'll tell you, there is nothing worse. There is nothing worse for a customer than for you to tell them how well you're serving them when you're actually not serving them well. I mean, it right. is it is, uh, it is repulsive to customers. So you're yes. better off actually not uh, saying anything or doing right. anything, quite honestly, unless, to your point, it really comes from an authentic place. Right, right. Joe, let's keep on this track. So, so it, yep. it, it's impossible to honor that commitment, right? That commitment that you make with your team to your clients. Um, where you you want people to be, you know, clients to be the hero. We want to take intentional time to think about it. You got to have an incredible team to support that, right? That can't just come from you as the CEO. So I know building an exceptional culture has always been at the heart of your company. And now you represent that in your care culture, which stands for create a rare experience. Can you tell us how that plays out for you all at Vortex every day? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'll actually get into a little bit more specifics here. But again, I would first start out and say, one of the things that ways that we create a rare experience, um, and, and that's an experience that it, it makes people stop and say, wow, um, and it really differentiates from just your normal mundane vanilla experiences um, throughout your day, but is we handle a lot of the little things. And so here's the things that are little things. If your customer sends you an email or calls you on the phone, can they get a hold of somebody? If they can't get a hold of somebody, how quickly is somebody getting back to them? Here's another thing. If somebody sends you an email and they're asking you a question that you don't know the answer and you're going to do some research on it, it's going to take you a week. Do you email them a week later with the answer or do you email them right away and say, hey, I got your message. I'm going to be working on this. It might take a week and then I'll get back to you. And I can tell you 9.9 times out of 10, the latter is going to be what they want. Yeah. They want something. Right. In, they don't. They, they, they care about getting the answer and they care how long it takes but they wanna know that you're responsive. And so that's one of the ways that we care. I can't tell you how often we get uh, people over the moon saying they're gonna be customers for life because we are very responsive, we're very accessible, um, and we're very speedy. So our VIP warranty, everything's repaired or replaced for free for the lifetime of the product. There's no warranty cards or receipts to save. Now here's the thing, a lot of our other competitors have copied us on a lifetime no-fault warranty. but what is it actually like to use, okay? Mm -hmm. Is there hoops to jump through? Is there fine print? What's the turnaround time? Is it three months or is it less than five days? So there's all those things that are little things. They're little, they look little, but, they, but they're really core to what a customer wants. So we do a lot of the, 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 the little things well, and I use air quotes, little things. Mm -hmm. Other things though that we do is we, we've got weekly uh, communication emails, um, to, uh, to our team that highlight things like love letters that we call them, which would be uh, letters from our customers to us about the service that they've received. Um, they can be updates, uh, pictures. I mean, it's very much a culture is really big around here. So we're all, always celebrating milestones. We try to service our team members, people internally. We look at them just as much as we look at our external customers. So I think there's just a lot of different things that we do. And again, if you take care of the customer, they are going to take care of you. Yeah. Joe, can, can you talk about, because one of the things I also love is, is how you position your values as a company so prominently. Yeah. So uh, you, because you're, you're crystal clear, 
uh, about them. They're easy to understand. They're relatable. They're, they're really engaging. Can you tell us more about your core, what they are, uh, how you came up with them and how they play out maybe on a day-to-day basis? Right. So our core values, we have, uh, we have four core values. It's about you. Um, it's willingness to shovel snow, customer is king and be the Buffalo. And I'll talk a little bit about how we came up with them and then actually what they mean. So the way we came up with them is we very much used a little bit of Jim Collins, um, good to great. And what he talks about the importance of core values, but then we use the advantage by Patrick Lencioni. And so a couple things that he talks about is he says, there's things called aspirational core values. So those are things that you want your organization to have, but it doesn't have. And he says, those things are fine. Talk about them with your leadership team, have a plan to get that in your organization. But whatever you do, do not put that up as a core value because people will laugh at you. So if you guys, if your organization hasn't innovated anything in the past 20 years, don't put innovation as a core value, have have it as an aspirational core value, work on it behind the scenes uh, until you get it. And then what he says, a core, then he says, um, you know, of course, there's things that your organization might have that you don't like and don't want to keep and don't call that a core value. But if your organization yeah. has something that you think there's a critical mass of it within the organization, you're never perfect, but your organization has this aspect about it that you like and it helps fuel your business. That's a core value. OK, so he says with that, um, then the other thing that he says is he says, try to name it something that's not your traditional core value. It loses its luster. So, you know, integrity and innovation and a lot of those things, they just end up becoming business speak background noise. It doesn't mean anything. And he said, so try to tie something that's a story to your core values. So that's what we did with ours. So just real quick about you, that was a play on words is my dad would always go to these websites and he would see about us, about us, about us, about us. And he thought, geez, you know, as a customer, I don't care about you. I care about, you know, (laughs) what I need, you know, I'm calling you for a need and that's what I want to know about. Now, a lot of customers do want to know about you. And so we, we, we actually have some stuff about us on our website, but first we have about you because we want to reiterate, not only we want to reiterate to people inside the business, as well as our customers that it's ultimately about them and it's about serving them. So it's a play on words instead. uh, It's about you. And it's really our golden rule. It's, it's about, making every interaction, not just about you, but about the other person. Um, so so that that's the first one is about you. The second one is customer is king. So there's a priority stack, okay? We want every stakeholder to be served and we want these kind of win, win, win relationships, but we're gonna start from the customer and we're gonna work back, okay? Yeah. And ideally, and most of the time, we get a win for everybody along the way. But sometimes we will have a win for the customer and it's not quite a win for us. <laughs> okay, yeah. we we'll work behind the scenes to get it that way, but it's not that way right away. And again, right. you start backwards, you work from the customer and you work back. Willingness to shovel snow is one of my favorites. And that is, um, so my so my dad, you know, he's owner, founder of the company, the president. And so for a number of years, we were in, uh, in this Middleton Industrial Park and uh, almost everybody had to park in the street because it was a really small parking lot. And if, if you know about Wisconsin and, and then you know that, uh, that the snow gets piled up in the winter. And so this, you had to walk, you know, almost like a, you know, a quarter mile around the median where the snow would get piled up if you were going to get to the building from the street. So he would get there at like 4 a.m. in the morning or earlier, and he would shovel these snow paths in like a six, seven foot, uh, you know, these snow uh, drifts. 
And then he would shovel off the walkway to the building. And so the thing was, is that we really wanted, we thought a core value, something was core to Vortex was humility. And yeah. we thought it was very, it was, it, it was, it showed a lot of humility and it showed that no job was beneath you for the president of the company to do that. So now we're at a place where we don't necessarily need people uh, uh, to do that because um, we've, we've, we've hired people who can do that. But the point is, is that yes. no job is beneath you at Vortex and humility is really important. So willingness to shovel snow is, is our way of, of saying humility. And then the last one is be the buffalo. And this is kind of, we had innovation and we had kind of, uh, you know, going against the status quo. And so there's a story that I've heard, and I believe that it, it, it's true. I've, I think I've fact-checked this, but it's um, in the in, in Colorado, in, um, you kind of have the state divided in two. And on the west hand, uh, by the mountains, by the Rocky Mountains, and on the western side of the Rocky Mountains, these storms kind of build up, okay? And they eventually spill over the Rocky Mountains onto the eastern plains. And on the eastern plains, it's very rare in the world that you have buffalo, and you have cows um, mm -hmm. in the same area. And they react very differently to the storm. So the cows look at the storm and they turn away from the storm and they walk away or, you know, probably not running, they're walking away. Yeah. And if you think about it, they're prolonging how long they're staying in the storm, okay? Right. Where you've got the buffalo and they turn, face the storm, they charge the storm. Again, if you think about it, they're both going through discomfort, the cow and the buffalo. Yeah. But the buffalo is facing that uh, that discomfort a, a lot less than the cow is. And the cow is really prolonging that discomfort. And so be the buffalo was sort of a metaphor for, from us to constantly innovate, to constantly go against the status quo, not to operate from a place of fear, but from a place of being proactive and, and just charging after all those difficult things. I think one of the areas that it was been aspirational for a while, so I think it is true to Vortex, especially when it comes to product innovation or taking risks, things like that. But maybe one area that it applies, but it was a little aspirational for us is difficult conversations. Mm. I think difficult conversations, people say public speaking is the scariest thing. And maybe it is for some people. For me, it's having sure. a really difficult conversation, you know, yeah. a conversation that you're like, I've got some feedback for somebody. They likely have some feedback from me. It's probably going to be uncomfortable. I'm not necessarily going to like it. You know, I'm going to be sweating. They're going to be sweating. I think that's one of the most difficult things in the, in life, but in business. Agreed. I also think it is one area that has, if you can do it, it yeah. has the opportunity for the biggest amount of growth. And so yeah. that is another area that we have been very proactive in calling it an aspirational core, uh, core for us is to say, let's be the Buffalo in difficult conversations rather than just prolonging just, I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to have it. And you're just prolonging that discomfort. So that's another area where be the Buffalo is, is really uh, applies for us as a core value. And those are our four. And so there's yeah. a lot of other things that, you know, maybe uh, are important to us, but we think it's important to keep it short and sweet, memorable. And, uh, and again, I would highly recommend if you're going through this process, uh, the Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. It goes into a lot more than that, but there's a section on core values, which is really uh, powerful. Joe, thank you so much for sharing those. I, I think, you know, for our audience as they listen in, I, I think, you know, for small businesses, sometimes it can be, hey, you know, I'll, I'll get to my core values later when I figured out my product or I figured out this or I figured out that. Um, and I think what a wonderful opportunity 
to be able to take your culture, reflect it uh, in an accessible way for your employees, for your uh, clients, for your suppliers, and, and it gives sort of that uh, that vision to sort of act out every day, right? I love that they're not complicated because if, if we use buzzwords like, you know, accountability or, uh, you know, excellence or it, sure, they can remember them, but they're not emotionally impactful. Right. And, yeah. and I think uh, that's what you've captured so, so brilliantly there. Uh, I will say this, use your core values in your hiring. And here's, yeah. here's my recommendation. Don't hire people and train your core values into them. Hire right. people who already have them. You yeah. will be better for it. Your people will be better for it. They'll thank you and your organization will run a lot smoother. So find people who already have them and then hire them. Don't, you can train skills. It's very difficult to train somebody if they don't have your core value. Yeah, I, Joe, we couldn't agree more. I call that at M3, our, my permission to play values. So yep. if, you don't, if you don't have those, we can't play. Because I, I and my team, I don't want to have my team spend a whole bunch of time going, hey, Joe, uh, you're a uh, 9 out of 10 at insurance, right? Or, uh, or scope technology. But you're a 1 out of 10 at work ethic. You're a 1 out of 10 about putting the customer at the center. Yep. I don't want to spend my time coaching those things. Yep. I will teach the insurance part. You will yeah. teach the, your business all day long. Right. Because those things are, I can get somebody from, uh, if they don't know anything about insurance, we can go from a one to a 10. No problem. Yep. But getting someone from a one to a 10 in work ethic, one, I don't know if it can be done. And two, it sure as heck won't be enjoyable for either right. me or the person that we're talking to. Yeah, that's spot on. Yeah, that's that's some of the best advice there for sure. We'll save you a lot of headache. <laughs> yeah, amen. Well, what a, Joe, what a great place to finish our main questions. But before we let you go, uh, as always, uh, we have our last set of questions. And Joe, that's the fastest yep. break set of questions. So the idea here is I'm just going to give you a really quick question. Uh, yep. You give me sort of a one or two word or sentence response right off the top. And, uh, and we'll go from there. Are we good? Let's do it. All right. Joe, favorite book you've read in the last 12 months? The War of Art. Not to be confused with the art of war. <laughs> Love it. Complete the sentence. For you, leadership is? About serving others. The most impactful coaching advice that you've ever received? Spend more time on the areas or things that are strong, aka bright spots, rather than areas that are struggling. Uh, often that's where your greatest insights, discoveries, and progresses are going to come from. Love it your favorite podcast that you would recommend to our audience? Well, besides this one, I'll give you two. Entree <laughs> Leadership and Business Wars. Love it. Your Can't Live Without It app on your phone. Outlook and Weather, uh, the weather app. Uh, last thing you did that truly scared you? My wife took a solo vacation to Florida and I was responsible for uh, holding down the fort. That was pretty scary. <laughs> and you made it through. I did make it through. The kids survived. I just barely survived. So I was really proud, but it was very scary. And uh, you guys were probably at Culver's every night, I would imagine. Oh, okay. for sure, yeah. Uh, There's a lot of cooking going on. It's the same here. Same in my house. Uh, if you had to give a TED Talk, Joe, what would be its title? The Butterfly Effect. I love it. Okay, Joe, with that, that's our time. So thank you so much for being willing to be with us today for sharing your wisdom, 
for telling the Vortex story, for sharing your story so authentically and meaningfully uh, and, and with our audience. We truly appreciate you and we appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. It was my pleasure and it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, just thanks for the time and the conversation. Joe, thanks for being on the Fast Break. This has been Fast Break, presented by M3 Elevate, where we talk with high-impact business leaders and share strategies that you can use to grow and protect your business. And remember, don't settle for an insurance and benefits agent who only plays defense. You need an advisor, a partner, a friend who helps you play offense too. That's up. Like what you heard? Well, don't forget to subscribe. You'll find bonus content and more episodes at m3ins.com slash m3elevate and anywhere where you find your podcasts. And if you're a business owner or leader with insights to share, give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. We might even love to have you on the show. This is Fast Break, presented by M3 Elevate. I'm Matt Cranny, and we'll see you next time.